Him Stories, a podcast about how our songs of the faith came to be and how they've encouraged, comforted, and strengthened believers like you and me. Hymn Stories is a part of the Media Gratier Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Bush. There is a voice of sovereign grace Sounds from the sacred word O ye despairing sinners come And trust upon the Lord A guilty weak and helpless worm On my kind arms I fall Be thou my strength and righteousness My Jesus and my Hymns that spring from the seed of Scripture are a great help to those who walk the pilgrim way. The burden of our sin has been lifted and the fear of death is gone. But we have not yet entered into our rest. We still wage war against the world, the flesh, and the devil. One of the great means of grace for the battle is the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. When we sing and make melody to the Lord with our hearts through gospel-saturated hymns, it is as though we are taking up the shield of faith and putting on the helmet of salvation. Do you remember how the Lord used Isaac Watts' hymn in the life of the young woman named Mary when Ichabod Spencer quoted it? The line that stuck out to her that she kept repeating to herself was, A guilty, weak, and helpless worm, on thy kind arms I fall. It's strange. I keep coming across accounts where that very same lyric arrested other people. George Whitfield, three days after his ordination in June of 1736, wrote to a friend. He asked his friend to pray for him. He said, Help, help me, my dear friend, with your warmest address to the throne of grace. At present, this is the language of my heart, a guilty, weak, and helpless worm. The Reverend William Robinson, an independent minister in Herefordshire, who died in August of 1854, told a member of the church that he never failed to repeat the verse, A guilty, weak, and helpless worm, on thy kind arms I fall, once or twice daily, and if he could choose, would like to die with the words on his lips. Dr. Doddridge told his students at Northampton, I wish that my last words may be those lines of Watts, a guilty, weak, and helpless worm, on thy kind arms I fall. Hymns have a wonderful ministry of comfort and strengthening for those souls who are on their way to the celestial city. Another of Isaac Watts' hymns that has brought this kind of help and comfort is called, My God, the Spring of All My Joys. The one thought pervading the verses of this hymn is that in all the exhilaration of this world, there is a false note. No happiness here is unmixed with bitterness. There can be no pure joy except the joy of the Lord. The ancient motto, 
speak fair words, and you will hear kind echoes, is not exactly true in this world of ours. Something terrible and anxiety-inducing is always happening. But for those who are in Christ, well, they have a sure and steady anchor because they know and rejoice that their position before God is certain because it is based on the efficacy of the merit of Christ, the intercession of Christ, the oath of God, the abiding of the Spirit, and the covenant of grace. This is why Dr. Watts's hymn is at home in their hearts and flows freely from their lips. George Smith of Colville, known as the friend of the canal children, found peace as he sang this hymn in 1848 when he lay sick with cholera, face to face with death. When eternity was in sight, he sang, In darkest shades if thou appear, my dawning is begun. Thou art my soul's bright morning star, and thou my rising sun. Those who are in Christ are looking forward to an eternal rest where God himself will be their light. We catch glimpses even here of that glorious reality, and when our spirits fill that heavenly light and behold the divine love that radiates from the throne of grace, we need songs like this one to sing. John Merritt was born in New York City on June 15, 1755. He was one of the first African-American preachers and missionaries in North America. His journal was published in 1790, which detailed some of his work among Native Americans. Here's an entry from that journal. At half after 10 o'clock, a large body of people came from Ragged Island and Roundabout, so that the place could not contain them and many of them were obliged to stay out of doors. And my reader will be pleased to take notice that the snow was four feet deep, and in some places five feet deep. I preached from the 28th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, the 19th and 20th verses. My soul was filled with the glorious power and love of God. I could perceive solemnity in the faces of all the people within the audience of my voice, so that the convincing power of God was manifested. There was such crying in the congregation that my voice could hardly be heard. In one particular circumstance, I would have my reader to note, a girl of 12 years of age was continually calling for God to have mercy upon her. I went to her and asked her what she cried out so much for after the rest. Her answer was that she was afraid she would not be able to fulfill the charge that was then given to her. I asked her if she was not afraid her soul would be lost to all eternity. Looking me earnestly in the face, she burst into tears. I left her, finding that she was not able to express her feelings. The congregation was then dismissed, but would not go home. The next day, as I preached to them again, the girl I have already mentioned rose up as I preached the word and cried out and declared to the congregation that her sorrow and sighing had fled away, and she had received that peace from God which the tongue could not express. Then we sang for joy one of Dr. Watts's hymns, My God, the Spring of All My Joy. In singing the hymn, the girl's mother was able to testify of the love of God, and after conversing with them, I commended them in the hands of God. I prayed the best part of that night, saying, O Lord, is thine arm shortened 
that it cannot save? O Lord, for Jesus Christ's sake, have mercy upon these poor sinners. This is our prayer even now, and our joy is full because he has shown mercy upon us, his poor creatures. And he has shown mercy on us because he himself is the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Hymn Stories. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you sing and make melody in your heart to Him.